Okay, so I'd like to welcome to the show today, Karen Alexander. How are you today, Karen? I'm really well, thank you. Hope you are too. I'm very well, thanks. Um, so I, I know you as um, being pretty much at the the, the forefront of uh, UK crop circle investigation, um, with y- yourself and and Steve uh, recording the the crop circles that appear each year, and even compiling the annual crop circle books and providing a, an excellent source of information through the uh, Temporary Temples website. Um, but for any listeners who, who might not be aware, uh, what was it that first got you interested in crop circles and sort of set you off on, on the path that you're on today? Well, interestingly, actually, it's a story I, I think about quite a lot. Um, I first got interested when I was in my early 20s. And I'm now in my early 50s, so it's quite a long time ago now. Um, But I got interested because I saw a picture of one of the early circles in one of the UK broadsheet newspapers. Um, And it must have, I think it was probably the summer of 1990. Um, And I, I was just, I was really wowed by it. I thought, wow, what is that, you know? Um, and then lots of sort of things all then happened at, at the same time. So um, I was kind of was wowed by the image of it because it was something that I'd never seen before. Um, and it was something that kind of looked like it clearly shouldn't be there. Um, it, it sort of didn't look normal or natural. Um, and then kind of simultaneously at the same time, I kind of had this feeling that I knew what it was, um, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it and I remember thinking at the time that um, my thoughts were it's like a million words on the end of your tongue that your mouth just cannot form and that's kind of how it how it felt but I just knew as soon as I'd I'd seen it that that I wanted to find out as much as I could about it and I was definitely really sort of drawn to it visually um, and and also as a mystery so um, that's kind of I mean, it was just as simple as that. It sounds really simple, but it's actually a story I've gone back to and thought about lots of times over the years, sort of thinking about all those sort of things that happened in in that moment that kind of just changes your life. Um, and And it did. So that's kind of how I got involved. I very, very quickly, I got involved with a, a, a local crop circle research group. Um, Currently, I live on the south coast of England, but I didn't always live here. I used to um, I used to live in the East Midlands of the UK. I was um, born not too far, just out of Sheffield, um, and I grew up, grew up there. Um, but the, you know, even in the sort of the early nineties, there were crop circles sort of happening in that part of the country as well. So I was able to sort of get together with with some other people who were interested in it. I got involved in a, the local UFO group and, and kind of took it from there. And, and my life has never been the same since. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's progressed to, um, I mean, really quite a, an extraordinary level of, of detail that, that you guys go into. I mean, um, you know, going up in, in helicopters and things and, and taking really detailed aerial photography and, and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, you've, you've sort of come a long way of, over those years. Yeah. Um, it's, I remember, you know, when I was younger, I sort of got into the UFO topic more deeply over the last few years, really. I'm sort of a relative newcomer to um, to being really deep in, in the UFO topic. But I remember being younger, there was a lot of talk about crop circles, you know, when I was a kid and that kind of thing. And it sort of seems that, you know, when I've got involved in the UFO community over these recent years, there's actually surprisingly not as much conversation about crop circles as I would have expected to see. You know, it's kind of one of the things I was really interested to find more about and listening to podcasts and stuff. You don't really, you know, hear that much about them. And they're definitely still appearing, you know, to this day, but you wouldn't really know that from the news or the media either. So are crop circles still a, a common occurrence in the present day? And, and how was 2022 for, for crop circles? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're still they're still happening. And I think you're right. I think in, in many ways, crop circles are like the the kind of 
um, the black sheep of the UFO community in, in some way um, that, you know, that I think they sit on, they make uncomfortable bedfellows sometimes. I think a lot of people think they, make, they should make easy bedfellows, um, but actually they don't. Um, and I think a lot of that is, you know, due to the fact that, um, you know, very, very quickly um, into the into the 1990s, there was the big story about crop circles being hoaxed and, and all of that. And I think it rather killed a lot of the interest um, in in the subject. But they've, you know, they they continue to this day. There have been been a fair few this summer um, in the UK, not as many as recent years, um, but still still a sort of a good what 14 or 15 crop circles in the south of England this year there have been some abroad as well I mean the other thing that people don't realize is that crop circles happen all over the world so they've been reported in over 63 different countries now there was a really nice one in Germany this summer um, but they happen all over Europe um, in Holland Germany France in fact in the last few years, France have had some really nice ones. Um, we've had them in the US as well, in Canada, um, even in Japan, they've been reported as well. So they, they do happen all, all over Australia too. So that they do happen all over the place. Um, uh, it's, you know, it is something that is talked about less now, I think, um, but they're still happening. Um, and, um, and I still think they're really worthy of people's attention as well, because I, Personally, I think that there's something really interesting going on um, with the phenomenon. I, and I do think, you know, that there is a, a bit of a connection as well between um, the crop circle phenomenon, the UAP phenomenon. There, there are lots of sightings of UAP um, around where the crop circles happen. Um, in fact, my husband filmed a really famous piece of footage back in 1990, which showed one of these small balls of light um, over a, a crop circle in a field, um, which then sort of started to, to fly into the distance. It flew over a tractor driver um, who's, who saw it as it went over his tractor, the engine cut out um, of his tractor. And finally, this, this ball of light, whatever it was, just went up, up, up into the air until you couldn't see it anymore. Um, and, and actually seeing those kinds of things in and around the crop circles is much more common than, than people realize. So there've also been, you know, lots of, you know, more traditional UFO sightings as well. Um, there's a, again, a really famous one back in, I think, 1992, which involved um, the C-SETI project as it, you know, as it used to be back then. Um, and, um, um, and a group of um, researchers over there at a place called Woodborough Hill had a very close encounter with a disc shaped UFO um, over the, the fields where all the crop circles were happening at that time. So that, you know, if, if there, there's no direct causal link between the two, certainly there seems to be an interest at least, you know, between, you know, the, the, the two phenomena so um it you know it's very difficult to say is there a, a definitive link I, I don't think that that's kind of established yet but i do think that you know that there is some sort of link somewhere um between between the two subjects yes yeah, that that particular one um that you were mentioning is that the the milk hill one where the, the the orb and the guy in the tractor and things like that's that. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was super fascinating. That was that one that I was uh, I was going to ask you about as well. Yeah. Um, because like you say, there's actually a video of it on on the website, isn't it? Is is yes. it uh, temporarytemples.co.uk? That's right. Yes. Yeah. For, for anybody who's who's listening, wants to check it out, you can find the actual video and a lot more detail about that particular case. And yeah. I, I'm right in saying that the the farmer who was in the tractor, it was something like five months later, you actually caught up with the farmer and he remembered the thing happening and reported that his tractor actually but did it shut off as the it did. Yes, the engine over. cut out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was. Yeah, really? it was fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, it was the circle researcher Colin Andrews who finally tracked down the the. It was a farm hand, um, and um, he'd been sort of um, plowing the the turning the field over that day when it when it happened, and I and he he made us laugh because he said that he you know the first thing that you do when you've had a busy day in the fields in the summer is you off to the local pub for a pint, and was sort of telling all his friends about how he'd seen a UFO that day, and of course they all took the mick out of him. They kept 
you know, saying beam me up Scotty and all of that. But, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, he def he saw it. He said it to him, it looked as big as a beach ball. So it wasn't, this wasn't a tiny thing. Um, and um, I mean, the you know, the film has been analyzed a few times by different people. Um, and, um, you know, that one person tried to, to say he thought it was a drone, um, you know, um, which is a new swamp gas, I think. Um, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I just think it, at that particular time, it wouldn't have been a drone. And when you actually watch the footage, you see that the light drops down into the, into the crops in the field. Um, and, you know, there's no way a drone would be able to do that and then come out. I mean, it would get caught up and everything. I, I just think it's preposterous. But, you know, I mean, as to what it was, I don't know to this day, apart from the fact that it was something really unusual. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. And like yeah. you say, back in, in what, 1990, whatever it was, the, you know, drones definitely weren't a thing like they are now. So I no. mean, it would have had to have been pretty, somebody's either made some kind of very advanced, futuristic, homemade drone. Or I, I, I don't know how that could possibly have, have happened. But yeah, really no, because anything, yeah, I mean, anything with a rotor would have just got caught up in, you know, in all the crops. So, you know, I don't think it, you know, and it certainly wasn't, you know, something that, you know, looked like a ball of a, a beach ball size light that was sort of glinting and, and flashing doesn't really sound like a drone to me. But it, it, I mean, it's fascinating to this day. And I don't, you know, still don't have an answer as to what that to what that was other than that they have been seen, you know, since then. Um, and there are other videotapes as well of very interesting things that people, you know, light phenomena that have been, you know, taken in and around the crop circles. Yeah, and 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 I thought that if I remember rightly, it's actually a daytime video. And it is, yeah. Is that yeah? And it's very. It must have been pretty bright, really, to show up that clearly on on during a daytime. You know, yeah. At, at night, it's a bit of a different thing, but it, yeah, whatever it, it was, was was really quite bright. So I thought that was particularly interesting in that case. Mm. Um, but how how common is it to? to see sort of uh, orbs is, is is it generally orbs when there are sort of uap witnessed in the proximity of, of crop circles or does it tend to fail like you mentioned a disc earlier has there been other shapes as well or is it mostly orbs it's most it, it does tend to be mostly orbs but not in the as i say not in the sense that these aren't sort of things that are taken at night with a flash on your camera um, that, you know, could easily be, um, you know, moisture in, in the air or anything like that. They, these are very different. So um, they tend to, they mostly tend to be taken in the daylight, um, most of these videos. There's a, another really great piece of footage that was shot in the mid-90s by a Dutch couple. And they had actually got their camera on a tripod and they were, they were at the edge of a field. And this field, um, it, it was quite a steep embankment. So it sort of went steeply up, upwards. And there was a crop circle that was like in the shape of a, a series of thought bubbles. Um, and, um, and they had put the, the camera at the bottom to take some video of, of the crop circle. And because, um, because the, the video camera was on a tripod, it was really stable. Anyway, they managed to catch, capture this light that was in the crop circle at the time. So they were stood at the edge of the field, but the light was filmed inside the crop circle. And again, it was sort of this really brilliant kind of orb, almost like as bright as magnesium. It was very, very bright. And it kind of made this really quick sort of arcing movements um, um, inside inside the crop circle before it disappeared. So again, it was it was very strange, you know, the um, just sort of the movement of it. And as I say, because the camera was on a tripod, all the movement that you're seeing of the object was the object itself rather than the swaying of the camera. So that was that was really interesting as well. But there've been quite a few of, um, films taken of this, and it's you know it's you know these things do get seen a lot of the time. Um, um, in those sorts of, you know, in the Wiltshire and Hampshire areas where the crop circles are particularly um, prevalent. Yeah. So, so you said um, that there'd been about what fourteen, fifteen or so yeah. this year. Yeah. How how many generally do you tend to see appear in in the UK? You know, in an average year. Um, probably anywhere between twenty and thirty, something like that. Um, in years past, there'd been more than that. Um, 
Um, and again, it's, it's kind of really difficult to know kind of from one year to the next how it's going to be. It's always, always a surprise. And I mean, years when you thought there perhaps wouldn't be very many, there were. So, for instance, I think back in, I think, 2001, when we had all the foot and mouth disease in the UK and a lot of the farmland was closed off to people, there were a lot of crop circles that year. Um, and also during the pandemic, during 2020, when everybody was at home, there were quite a few that year as well. So it does vary. You know, there have been lots of ideas as to why that might be. Um, some people have suggested that it might have to do with the water table. Other people have suggested it could be something to do with sunspot activity. But there isn't sort of any any real sort of conclusive sort of answer to it. Lots of ideas, but but no sort of concrete answer at the moment. Mm. So what, what kind of um, like processes do you guys uh, go through when it comes to the, the circles themselves? Is it is it mostly a case of um, recording the actual patterns themselves, the shapes, or do you do things like actually, you know, maybe measuring for radiation, things like that as well? How does it all work? Um, we've done lots of different things over many um, many years. Um, at the moment, for, for the moment, we concentrate on recording them, getting a, a really as the best photographic um, evidence that we can get um, and try and future-proof that as much as you possibly can. Um, I mean, when we when we first started photographing the circles, we were working with film. Um, and, um, and now, of course, it's all, di all digital. But so that's the, that's the main focus of what we do. But we've done all kinds of things in the past. We've taken plant samples for analysis, which was done in, in the States in the 90s. Um, I've been in a measured survey, um, quite a few crop circles, although now sort of working with computers and things, if you get a good aerial photograph, um, you can do a lot of the working out of the, the geometry and so on from that. Um, so I do a lot of that. I have particular interest in, in the geometry of um, the crop circles. I, I draw them and, um, you know, and work with a group of other researchers where we share information about the things that we find in them. Um, so I, I do a lot of that. And I, we do we do try to visit some of them as well. I mean, not all of them. I mean, in years gone by, you know, we, we visited everyone that we possibly could. Um, and and probably in the last 30 years, we've visited hundreds of them, you know, in, in person. Um, it's a little bit more difficult these days because the farmers now are a lot more reluctant to allow visitors into fields. So doing things like checking for radiation, it's not its not always possible. It has been done in the past. Um, and again, it's not something that's particularly been found in, in crop circles. Um, and I kind of, you know, I, I, my attitude towards it really is that I think crop circles are kind of an invitation. So it would be pretty rude to irradiate people if you were, if people were visiting them inside. So um, you know, people have recorded um, and experienced certainly um, magnetic anomalies inside um, some crop circles um, where they use voltmeters and things like that. And certainly crop circles of people have experienced their technology not working properly in them. So, um, in fact, a very good friend of mine um, was over from America a few years ago and he brought his son over with him to come and have a look at some of the crop circles in the UK. And they um, they walked into a big crop circle one afternoon and um, they wanted to take some pictures to sort of record the fact that they were there. They couldn't get the camera to work at all. Um, but as soon as they walked outside the crop circle, the camera would work and they tried this several times so they would walk out the camera would work they would walk back in the camera wouldn't work um, and in the end I think they did get a couple of shots inside the crop circle but um, um, the photographs were had sort of light effects on them it was so it was obviously something was um, affecting the the technology I've also heard stories um, you know of um, things um, like um, lighting failing you know the, on the night when crop circles appear or farm animals being disturbed the night that they appear as well in fact I was in a, a crop circle in 2012 a place called Hackpen Hill in Wiltshire and um, the daughter of the farmer um, is a, a keen rider 
and um, she was um, walking a horse up one of the tractor lines in um, to bring the horse into the crop circle. Um, and they got they got so near, probably within about maybe about thirty feet, something like that. And then the horse started to rear up, and it, it the horse was having none of it. And it didn't matter how much she tried to sort of um, cajole it, um, you know, gently to you know to to walk on into the field, but the horse was having none of it. She ended up having to turn him around and and take him away because I think I think she was worried that um, it was going to really upset the horse. So um, so again, you know, um, that's another thing. An animal effects are something, and then human effects. You know, people have have reported sort of. Um, um, nausea and headaches and again it's it's really difficult to know what to make of some of that you know if it's a hot day um, and people have not had a drink um, you know you can feel a little bit sun sun um, stroked because there's no sh um, no shade in a field so um, but um, but yeah other people I mean other people have reported you know the lessening of um, pre-existing ailments but again you know it's it's very difficult to know what to make of that, you know, whether it is, you know, a, a kind of slight placebo effect because people feel very euphoric um, when they when they go inside. I mean, one of the things I, I absolutely do think is that crop circles are able to affect human consciousness. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with their, their geometry, because when you think about it, crop circles are archetypal, um, sorry, um, they are architectural spaces, um, and um, and I think that um, you know architecture is is often called frozen music um, because you know it uses very often you know architects use the same kind of proportions that you find in music, for instance, in buildings. You know, it's a more common practice than you think, and certainly um, if you think back to medieval times to the great cathedrals or even going back further than that um, into maybe ancient Greece, Rome or even ancient Egypt, um, you'll find that a lot of those um, proportions, musical proportions are used in buildings. Um, and, you know, and I think they were used deliberately. I think they were used because, you know, they they lifted people up um, and, um, you know, and made them feel good. Um, and made them, you know, the, the idea was to put them in a slightly altered state of consciousness when they prayed. So I, I think, you know, we find exactly the same sort of thing in the crop circles as well. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that some people feel really good inside of them, because you know, because of the geometry and the proportions that are used in their designs. Yeah, that that is super fascinating. I mean, I'm actually... Um... Uh, a musician so I, I do uh, stuff to do with uh, you know drums is kind of mainly my thing and rhythms and stuff and I've always been fascinated by the combinations of like um, musical rhythms and shapes like for example yes. triangle triangle is is a three in music you have triplets you know did 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 and yep. um, you know a square is four you know it, music is basically made out of the same numbers as what shapes and and art and architecture is so the the links there is yeah super fascinating it is and um, it's an i mean it's an ancient science i mean i think people don't realize you know just how far back this goes you know um I mean, even, you know, our ancient cultures that built places like Stonehenge or Avebury, you know, both places where there have been lots of crop circles, um, you know, are are the same. Even the geometry of the solar system, you know, the, the relationships of the planets to one another, there is a geometry to that. And that, you know, we see the same kind of geometry in, in the crop circles. I mean, geometry is around us all the time. It's part of nature. It's part of the fabric of creation. Um, and, you know, and I, and I guess that's what gives sometimes crop circles that feeling that they are something natural. And although they, they you know, when you see the one, there's no mistaking that they're kind of strange and it feels like they shouldn't be there, but actually they use the same kinds of, of geometry as the flowers in, in the fields or the trees around the sides of the field. So, um, you know, it, that idea of, of geometry as a universal language, I think, has been really important to my understanding of the crop circle phenomenon, because it, it is basically a universal language. Um, you don't you don't even have to count, um, you know, to be able to do geometry, to be able to do geometry. So it's 
you know, it is a fascinating thing. And if, if you're going to go down the road of wondering whether there is some kind of non-human intelligence involved with the, the crop circles, well, what better way to communicate through a universal language? Yeah, very interesting <laughs> thought. Um, has there been any examples of crop circles or, or, or formations like that appearing in, in wild meadows and things, or is it is it always actual crops like farmers' fields? Um, no, um, we have had grass circles. I've, I've seen plenty of those, um, but nothing sort of on the 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 sort of the scale, some of the big ones. I mean, the average size of a crop circle is around 200 feet. So it's quite big. One of the biggest ones I've ever seen was nearly a thousand feet. So, um, you know, that they, they, they are quite big. Um, and also, you know, the, the medium in which you, you know, the crop circle is made needs to kind of have a, um, you know, a certain quality to it to actually hold the design. So with something like long grass, um, it may hold hold a simple design or a small design, but something bigger, I think, would be quite difficult. But they do, you know, appear in lots of different kinds of crops. So, of course, you know, I mean, in the UK, we grow a lot of wheat here. We grow barley here. Um, early in the summer, we grow oilseed rape, which is all those yellow fields that you, you see in the early spring, all those yellow flowers on them. We've had crops, many crop circles in, in oilseed rape. They've also happened in linseed, um, in borage, um, in, in beans. Um, so, you know, that they are rarer. You know, the vast majority tend to be in oilseed rape, barley and wheat, but we do get them in other kinds of crops, even maize. Um, you know, if you've ever seen the crop circle film Signs, I don't know if you've seen it, but the, yeah. the crop circles in that film are in maize. So the, the big sort of corn on the cob kind of um, plants, which, yeah. you know, some of them are, are really tall. Um, but again, they're rarer. Um, it tends to be mostly in, in oilseed rape, barley and then wheat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just um, taking a step back, uh, earlier you were mentioning about people having various effects after having visited a circle, whether that be just, you know, positive, uh, you know, mental state or whatever it might be. Uh, one thing that's talked about uh, in recent years within the, the UFO topic is this hitchhiker phenomenon that you can potentially be sort of followed by strange, you know, high strangeness events and things like that. It's sometimes unpleasant ones as well mm. has there been any any reports of people experiencing any kind of hitchhiker effect like that after having visited circles yes absolutely and in fact you know i think um you know in in the uap world you have experiences that, you know in the crop circle world we have experiences but kind of of a different type um and one of the one of the early things that i got involved in in the crop circle subject was this idea of this um can the the phenomenon somehow be affected by human consciousness and vice versa and um so one of the things that um i got involved with was getting together with a group of other people and we used um consciousness um meditation to see if we could influence what what would happen in the fields and um, back in the summer of 1993, this was a long time ago now, um, we had sat down to do a, a meditation at a friend's house. And the idea was that during the meditation, we would visualize walking into a, a crop field and finding a, a crop circle. And then the idea was that afterwards we would all draw what, what we had seen. Um, and um, so we did, we did this and then not, Maybe less than a week later, I got a phone call from a friend who had been part of this. And he said to me that um, this huge crop circle had appeared um, by the M1 motorway near Leicester at a place called Charlie Knoll. And actually, I thought he was pulling my leg because he was a bit of a joker. Um, right. but, also um, but also because we didn't really get any of the big crop circles in that part of the UK. We tended to just sort of get um, quite simple designs. So anyway, I thought I would. I would humour him and um, and call his bluff. And we went out, we went for a drive down the M1 motorway and we found this huge crop circle in a the field there. And um, 
we we went into it and one of the just one of the first things that we noticed straight away was that um this crop circle seemed to have all the different things that our group had drawn after our med- meditation because we didn't all draw the same thing that would have been really something wouldn't it but we actually all drew different things but when we actually started to look at the the design of this crop circle it had actually got seven different constituent parts to it there'd been seven people in the group during that meditation and then we found out from talking to the farmer that the crop circle itself had happened on the 7th of July which is the 7th day of the 7th month so this was all sort of starting to get really quite spooky um but during all of that the time that was going on um i did have quite a few strange things happen to me in in my home one of them was a strange um sound that i experienced one afternoon i was um in my kitchen at home i'd got the back door open and i could hear this kind of like i don't know like an electronic buzzing kind of noise is the only way i could describe it um and at first i thought it was a distant car alarm um and and it started to get louder and louder and i thought that's that's really strange and so i actually walked outside my back door to see if i could see you know anything going on and the first thing that really pulled me up in my tracks was that when i walked out the door that i couldn't hear it as loudly so obviously w- what i was hearing was in the house and then i you know and i started to think this is really odd so at the time i'd got a friend staying with me and um he was in the bathroom he was having a bath and i and i just shouted i said can you hear that can you hear that noise and he said yeah i can i can hear it what is it and i said i don't know what it is anyway it got really quite loud and and then i started to to worry a little bit about it and then all of a sudden it just stopped just and it you know just stopped completely and and that was it so it kind of you know that that was a little bit kind of spooky um and you know that as i say that was just one of a handful of things that happened during that period that we were um doing doing that work but it it was you know and lots of other people have have had very similar experiences since then you know um this i you know and i and i think that again this has you know led a lot of people to um to absolutely consider that there's something you know very uncanny going on with the crop circles and that there's more to this than meets the eye yeah pretty pretty fascinating is there um pictures that you've got of that 7th of July uh, crop circle um yes i think i think there is and um i we didn't photograph it because it was before we were actually photographing the circles um but i think it is on the website somewhere so i will send you a link to it so that you can have a look at it yeah that would be brilliant I'd, yeah. i'd really like to see that thank you yeah. um yeah and another thing that you'd mentioned earlier that i wanted to go back to was about the farmers you said the farmers have been a bit less patient with this kind of thing as time's gone along so how how has that worked then over the years they've got less accepting of it or i think i think for a lot of them it's it's crop circle fatigue um you know um it you know i mean obviously crop circles cause some damage um to to their their property and their livelihood and i absolutely understand that you know it must be a you know um a real pain in the bum for them um and and you i mean farmers you know the farmer reaction to this is a very much a mixed bag you get some who are utterly fascinated by it we i had a um um a farmer back in a couple of years ago 2019 we had a um a crop circle on his farm that summer and he i think you know for the couple of weeks it was there before the field was harvested he spent more time in that crop circle speaking to people than than he did doing his farming and he was utterly fascinated by it he you know he couldn't looking at it he didn't understand how it how it could have been done um and and others who just you know other farmers who obviously are very angry you know they they see it as vandalism um you know um and you know it it you know so it is a very very mixed bag and for some farmers it's just been happening to them for so many years now you know they've had so many crop circles on on their land that it is a fatigue with them you know and you know they don't they don't want to encourage it so i think they think by you know by people staying you know keeping people out of uh, out of the fields that somehow it will 
um, discourage uh, more circles from happening there. I don't, I don't think that's true, <laughs> um, but uh, I think it, for them, it's just being able to do something, you know, in a situation which they probably feel that they don't have any control over, which must be, you know, quite difficult for some of them. Yeah, that's one thing I was wondering about, whether or not these circles appear in the same fields or they tend to vary. So some of these poor farmers have been getting the same like year after year is it or does yeah. it sort of yeah no it so can be year it can be year after year so i mean crop circles do appear in in the same fields but not each year so you know you can't sort of stake out a field each year and and know for for a fact that there would be a circle there um it doesn't happen like that um you know lot, lot, i often get emails from people who are saying oh couldn't you you know put a trip wire or something round or you know just or have cameras on a on a field again you know this has been something that's been been tried before again back in in the early days of crop circle research um you know this was was tried having cameras on a field and then of course the next day the sun comes up and there is a crop circle but not in the field you had the cameras on but in a field next door and it's in the shape of a question mark so it's right. it you know th th i mean that's the other thing you know this is all it, it's all very playful sometimes as well so there is that kind of trickster element um to to the crop circles as well but um yeah it, it, it kind of resists that attempt to capture it um you know which which is fascinating really isn't it it's sort of um, you know, that idea that it, it, it doesn't want to be captured in, in that way for some reason. Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely heard that before with the uh, UFO side of things. Exactly, uh, yes. Yeah, some definite parallels there. But, um, yeah, obviously, like, one thing that, that is going to come up if you mention crop circles is the, the percentage of circles that might be like I don't know if you want to call it a hoax or or like a man-made circle. Um, have you? You must have considered it over the years. Like, what sort of percentage do you think are man-made versus sort of truly anomalous? Well, what I'm what I'm going to say is that it that obviously to, it's impossible to answer the question. We just we just don't know. Um, you know, there there've been there's been a lot of research done in in the past. Um, there was a um, American biophysicist who looked at both plants and soils for in the, in the crop circles for a, a number of years and found um, several anomalies, which he was satisfied, you know, were not caused by people. Um, and and obviously that work is very expensive to do. And we had to have um, boxes from florists and we had to dry all the plants out on our garage floor before packing them all up, mailing them all to America. So you can imagine what it was like. Um, and it wasn't just, you didn't just take the plants from inside the crop circles. You had to then take all the controls outside. They all had to be measured um, and marked on a drawing where they were taken from. And so it was a huge undertaking for, for a few years. Um, but um, but it, it is, you know, it's very difficult. A lot of people will tell you, well, there are certain effects that um, you see in, in, if you see a certain effect in a crop circle, it's real. And if you don't, it's not real. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that I believe that. I think there are, you know, there are some indications um, looking at, at the crops. One of them would be um, looking at damage, for instance, are, are they stamped down? You know, is, is there a lot of damage where people might have stamped them down? Um, very often there isn't. Um, and, and, um, very often the, the crops are not flat to the floor either. Um, so they, they will be, you know, they sort of maybe come up a two or three inches and then they'll be bent over. Um, and in, you know, and in a lot of cases, if the crop is still growing, and there have not been many visitors inside, um, the crops will recover via phototropism. So they'll grow back up towards the light. And eventually you wouldn't, you would barely notice that there'd ever been anything there. So it doesn't kill the plants. Usually it's, it's visitors coming around and walking around in them that will, will do that. Um, so, and also looking at nodal points on some of the plants as well. So the nodal points on the plants are sort of the fleshy little nodules that are on the stem. It's where the, um, the plant um, stores its water. Um, those can be either bent or they can be sort of like um, 
kind of like exploded. Um, and again, the biophysicist William Levengood, who looked at this, said it, it for him that was indicative of some kind of microwave energy because they looked as though they'd been popped from the inside out, a bit like popcorn. Wow. So, um, you know, that that's very interesting as well. Um, but again, you know, there are, there's a lot of variation because, you know, obviously each crop is different. Um, it depends when the crop circle happens because, you know, the crops are in various stages of maturity. So they can either be very young and still growing or by the time you get to the harvest, they're literally just like straw. Um, so, you know, that you would see the effects less in, in those. So it, it is very, very difficult, um, you know, and, and, you know, the, there's been a lot of long arguments, uh, you know, about, about this. It's, it's one thing that's plagued, plagued the subject for, for many years, but um, I don't, I really still don't think that we know it enough yet to even begin to, to answer that question. So, so I'm, I'm going to say I really I, I couldn't sort of say other than to say that I, you know, I think the idea that, you know, that that has been going on for this for this amount of time, um, you know, for something that's been going on beyond 30 years, at least, um, you know, is 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 I just think unimaginable, really, um, you know, um, you know, that somebody would be dedicated to, to doing that. I, I just I find that you know very hard to believe you know the crop circles you know although they came to you know the the fore in public attention in the early 90s you know there are plenty of reports of historical circles that go back many years and again you know i've spoken to many farmers who say that you know um their parents and grandparents you know played in them as children so this is something that's been going on you know a lot longer than the sort of the mod the modern day phenomenon it you know does you know is is hoaxing a, an issue yes of course it is you know and, and I think you have to be to be open to that um I think you would be you know you know a bit silly not to be but you know does that explain all the things that go on in and around the circles then I think the answer to that is definitely no mm. yeah like like you say I mean um, there must be a, a certain uh, portion of, of the circles that appear that that are but particularly when you look at some of the really vast ones with all the, the complex details uh, it, it goes back to what we we're saying right at the beginning when we started talking there's not even really that much mainstream attention on these things so why would people be so determined to to do 14 or 15 of them this year and it's not even in the news or anything like that like it's a lot of effort to go to isn't it and unbelievable expertise and the resources you'd have to have to do that it sort of doesn't really make any sense which is i say why i was so amazed that they still go on so regularly with yeah. these massive complex designs even to this day and you just don't really hear about it in the media no no i mean you know i mean in some ways you know it's um, you know, in some ways, it's kind of sad because, you know, it would be good if a lot more people knew what what was going on. Um, in another way, it, it does kind of, you know, shield it from, you know, from the, the fields being trampled by busloads of people, um, mm. um, you know, because that's the other thing, you know, I mean, crop circles are interesting because they are once they appear they are there they are physically there until the farmer harvests them so it's something that you can go back and look at again and again and again while, while they are there and that that is interesting for you know um uh, a subject that you know has the that side of the paranormal attached to it so normally kind of experiences the paranormal are quite fleeting um whereas with this it's kind of slightly different so um but but yes it you know it is it is a shame really um that that not more people pay attention to it yeah yeah and and as i say i think it sort of it makes it considering there's not that much of a attention that it gets in the media it sort of makes you question why would people go to those at lengths to make these things if it was it's certainly not for attention because they don't really get it other than a sort of a relatively niche community who's interested That's right. in it you know yeah um yeah and it but is, you know, um, it is, you're right, it is, it is a niche, it is a small community, it's not, um, you know, so, you know, the kind of attention that somebody would get for that would be quite small. 
Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. And um, when we actually talk about the the, the patterns uh, in these things as well, like you say, that that's a really interesting point as well. It's one of the reasons I'm quite surprised that people in in the UFO community are not as as in, you know more interested. I'm surprised people are not more interested in, in these circles because it's actually something that is physically there. Like there's no mm-hmm. question about it. You know, like and at the end of the day, some of them might be hoaxes, but it's something you can actually go and see. There's no question. It's not like ambiguous lights in the sky in, in yeah. a video. We're talking about a real physical thing that is there yeah. that you can go and measure and really really fascinating. And when it comes to the actual designs that are actually being laid out in these fields uh, have you noticed any emerging trends and differences of the shapes and the designs from when you first started doing it to to now yes um yes absolutely um one thing i mean when you go back to the sort of the mid 70s through the 80s through to the early 90s a lot of the crop circles that were reported were either simple circles or groups of circles or maybe circles connected with a bar, like a dumbbell, um, those kinds of designs. And then we moved to kind of these long um, designs of sort of various geometric symbols. So like the really famous crop circle that happened in 1991 that ended up on the front cover of a Led Zeppelin album. So we kind of got that. And then and then we started to get sort of, you know, from the mid 90s onwards, then we started to see what geometers would call an unfolding of number in space. So we would begin to see um, kind of like this geometric program of working through numbers and shapes systematically through through the years. So, for instance, in 1990 six we had a a pattern which is known as the vesica pisces which is essentially two overlapping circles um but it's it's the the beginning of of a geometrical um unfolding it's how on um number unfolds in um 3d space so and and you know the other thing that we really ought to mention you know when it comes to crop circles is that where it does slightly differ say from the uap world is that it is also a subject that that kind of wears a kind of spirituality on its sleeve, which is kind of an odd thing to say. Um, but again, it goes back to this idea of of geometry being a universal language and also the creation of sacred space. So, um, for instance, um, one of the things that many, many crop circles do is they do something called squaring the circle. Um, which is that within their geometry somewhere, there will be a circle and a square whose perimeter or whose um, area are almost the same. Um, and, and squaring the circle is kind of, I mean, we say it in everyday parlance, don't we? We say, oh, we like to square the circle on this or whatever. But um, for geometers, it's kind of an, an, an ancient conundrum. And the idea is this, that, that the circle as a symbol represents the divine so it it encompasses everything so you know it has a um a center who's um, a center who's everywhere and whose perimeter is nowhere um but it is an, an ancient symbol for divinity even going right back to ancient egyptian times um whereas the square is said to represent the earthly um, the, the earthly realm. So it's the cornerstone or it's mother substance. Um, it's kind of the material that makes th- the world. But when you bring these two symbols together, you create sacred space. You, you create a meeting place between the heavenly and the spiritual and the earthly um, and the human. And, and, and you find this in, um, in temples all over the world. I mean, you, you only have to look at a cathedral where you have a dome on the top and then you kind of have a square underneath it or you know you look at somewhere like um um the um you know some of the the famous buildings in in greece or rome or even ancient egypt you'll get this dome with the square underneath and this is that creation of sacred space um and it's absolutely deliberate it's designed into um these buildings to create that 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 sense of presence which very often it does the crop circles do the, exactly the same thing so very not i mean not every time but you'd be so surprised how many times it happens 
um, you know, it, it would knock your socks off. So that's one of, one of the things it, it does. Um, it, it creates this 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 sacred space, um, and and again, you know, numbers and numbers aren't just quant, um, quantities; they also have qualities. So, so for instance, the, um, number one, it represents unity um, and being un, undivided, um, whereas two is is the implication of diversity; it b- brings multiplicity together. Um, three is the thing that brings balance to polar opposites. So, so numbers and their relationships to one another have qualities as well as quantities. So, um, you can do a little interpretive work, um, looking at some of the, the symbols and looking at the way that those symbols are put together. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, it's such a complicated, um, you know, subject. It's very, very difficult to kind of sum up. But, you know, I think there is this this idea that that somehow they are a form of of communication and that they communicate using um, proportion um, and um, relationship and and qualities and quantities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, we were talking about the the evolution of of the designs and things like that. While you were talking about that, it just kind of occurred to me. Has there ever been a case of an identical crop circle design reappearing, or are they always are they always different? They are virtually, yeah, they are virtually all unique. It's it's. I've only seen it happen on two two or three times and even then where the the design is repeated it might be at a different scale so not at exactly the same scale but it's very very rare uh, you know over all all these years um mostly each one is completely unique yeah mm-hmm. so there has been in in the ufo uh world the, there's been uh, a couple of uh uh, ex intelligence community uh, in, individuals who have sort of suggested that um, you know the CIA perhaps and, and other intelligence communities uh, may have, have have shown an interest in circles. Uh, have you ever come across that in your work? Have you ever been approached by like anyone from an intelligence agency or anything to to discuss the circles or to to get any information from you guys not not personally i have to say um not that i'm aware of anyway um no i that's not happened but i do think that sometimes you know where we've had a lot of uh, you know we've had certain big efforts to you know to discredit the subject that wouldn't surprise me if that came from that kind of area you know again it's it's you know, this idea, nothing to see here, folks, you don't need to worry about this kind of thing. Um, and, you know, and, and, and not to stoke, you know, or to call people's um, interest in, in the subject. I mean, I certainly think that's what happened back in the early nineties when, um, you know, when the, the, the story appeared on the, the front pages, you know, the men who conned the world, you know, about, about making mm-hmm. um, crop circles. And I, and because it, I think things had reached real fever pitch, you know, you, you would go down to Wiltshire in the summer and there would be, par- you know, cars parked all down the, the country lanes. You couldn't move for them. People stood on the bonnets and the roofs of their cars looking into the fields to see this. And I, and I think there was a real kind of fever pitch interest in it. So it wouldn't surprise me if at some point somebody said, well, I really think we need to cool this down a little bit, you know, because this is getting a bit out of hand. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me, but not that, I mean, I was, you know, I mean, like you, I have a really keen interest in the UAP phenomenon, you know, I, I've for many, many years, um, or, you know, as just as long as I've had an interest in crop circles. Um, so, it, you know, it's been really interesting for me to hear people like John Ramirez talk about, you know, his interest in the subject as well. So that, that was kind of, you know, nice to hear and kind of encouraging, um, that you know, certainly some pe- some people know what's going on, and uh, you know, keep you know, kind of keep an ear out for for what's happening. Um, and I, you know, I think um, I, I just think you know, whatever that there's been a lid kept on this um, for for a long, long time. You know, to to you know, and and efforts made to to cool and dampen the dampen the interest in it. I, I certainly think that's been the case. Mm. 
So we're kind of coming up to to, to finishing up, really. But I, w- I was going to ask you if you if you wanted to point somebody towards uh, a, a good example, or perhaps a, a few or a couple of, of good examples of a really particularly intriguing crop circle. Um, you know, perhaps in terms of complexity or, or for whatever reason, what what are the ones that people should go and check out? Well, I. Honestly, I think just go and have a look at the pictures, um, you know, and just just have a look at, A, how many there are. Um, I mean, our, our, our website has a photographic archive that goes back to 1994, and you can go and have a look at all of the pictures for free. There's no subscription to it, so go and have a look. Um, there is a, an online Crop Circle database as well, which is called CropCircleCenter.com. They have reports of over 6,000 Crop Circles um from from the past 30 plus years so you know that's another place to go to go and have a look at as well and just see what you think i mean we've had all kinds of designs from you know from the from just the beautifully geometric to fractal geometry um you know to to things you know like the idea of squaring the circle and so on that have been going on in, in geometry of the circles for a long time so just just go and have a look at them. I, you know, I think um, just looking at them is, is um, A, I find it inspirational, but it just gives you an idea visually straight away, an idea of the scope of this. I'd certainly go and have a look at the Milk Hill Crop Circle of 2001, which was one of the biggest ones that we've ever had. It was nearly a thousand feet across it contained over 407 individual circles, the largest of which were 70 feet each, the smallest of which were just a couple of feet across. It appeared overnight. Um, and um, this thing was huge. When you were stood in it, you couldn't see the other other side of it. It was just absolutely incredible. But there have been others as well. The, the Stonehenge Julia Set Fractal of 1996 is another good one to go and have a look at. Um, there are There are so many. Um, but, you know, just spend a few, you know, just, a, you know, even if it's half an hour going through some of the pictures on, on the website and just having a look at the variety of them, the scale of them, um, and also some of the ground details. There's another website I'd, I would recommend, which is um, ukcropcircles.co.uk, which is um, um, put together by a friend of mine who actually has made it his his life's work over the last few years looking at the ground details inside some of the crop circles so that's also a really good um, place to go and have a look and if you're interested in some of the scientific research then there's a website called blt.com um which is you know as in blt bacon lettuce and tomato um but um it actually is burke lake and um burke late um levin good and talbot who were the the people who actually ran the scientific project but blt.com there's a lot of the scientific papers that were written about some of the analysis that were done about the crops and soils in the 1990s so that's another good place to go and have a look fantastic and and yeah i I have to say i saw the uh video that you posted on twitter a little while ago of of you in the helicopter uh, taking the the photograph it must be absolutely amazing to see it from from the helicopter like that there's not many people who would get to actually you know see it from above like that you know because no and they are you you don't no i mean the other thing that people one of the other things that astonishes people regularly is that when you walk into a crop circle, it's it's almost impossible to know what the design is, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at ground level. And, you know, they are meant to be seen from the air. Um, you know, I, I mean, Steve and I are probably now, you know, the only the only people that really sort of go up in an aircraft. A lot of it is done by drones these days, which is, you know, it, it's really great way to do it. It's very, very fast. And the reason we, we still use the, the helis is because of the, the high res um, camera equipment that we use, um, which you just couldn't at the moment mount on a on a on a drone. Um, but um, but yeah, they are meant. I mean, it's the only way to see them. It's the only way you really get to see the design is is from above. Yeah, and it and it is an incredible experience if you ever get the opportunity to do it. You know, whether it's in a light aircraft or a micro light or or a small helicopter. I mean, we don't use a great big helicopter. It is only a very small one. Um, but, you know, the experience of seeing them from the air really is something. So if you ever get the opportunity to do it, absolutely um, grab it with both hands. 
I'm pretty scared of heights, actually. I've been <laughs> in a helicopter once, but I think I, and it was terrifying, but I think I would probably uh, get over that just if there's an amazing crop circle, it'd be worth well, it. It's, funny, it's really. funny you say that because heights, I'm really bad at going, going up and down ladders, forget it. But, <laughs> but it, when, I'm in, when I'm in the helicopter, even with the door off, as long as I've got the, the seatbelt on, I'm fine. <laughs> You're all right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well um, I think I think we'll leave it there then. So, thank, thanks very much for uh, for joining me. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. Really, really interesting. And I, I hope people will go to the website and check out the incredible work that you guys do. Uh, it's well worth going spending it a few hours on there. Uh, TemporaryTemples.co.uk. That's right, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. And thank you so and much for inviting me um, to speak to you today. My pleasure. Thank you. UFO Thinker Podcast.